Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. Hello there. I just wanted to jump in quickly and say that today I am interviewing Roman Birdsall and I absolutely love her. She was good enough to do a Wandering Women event with us for October. Time and time, Sarajevo was our October Wandering Women read book and she came in. She was wonderful. She stayed. She chatted. She was insightful, giving, so well-spoken, so and interested in everything. She was just lovely. I really appreciated her time then and I couldn't believe it when she said yes to an episode with me today. It was just wonderful of her and really like such a time waste for these poor authors as if they don't have enough to do without chatting to me twice. But it was wonderful and I really appreciated it. This time around I'm looking forward to, well, no spoilers, obviously the Wondering Women was a book club book so we had all read it. This one, just a great, interesting author chat about time and tide in Sarajevo. I'm really looking forward to it and seeing where the conversation goes. Thank you very much. Hello. 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 Thanks so much. Can you please tell us how you got the idea for your wonderful debut novel? Oh, absolutely. So I lived in Sarajevo from 2007 to 2011. And when I lived there, even though I'm someone who's always written, I wasn't, I didn't have a novel in mind. I wasn't thinking like that. But many years later, when I returned to living in Australia, I was kind of writing a lot about my experiences in Sarajevo. And then one day really found myself writing fiction almost by accident. So I do those morning pages like the, you know, in the artist way by Julia Cameron. And then I I found myself writing these two characters having a conversation. And it was kind of strange because up until that point, I'd been writing nonfiction and that was more kind of how I thought my style was. Yeah. Yeah. That was more my, my natural kind of way. And then with fiction, I just found this incredible freedom and I just loved it so much. And so that was kind of this, I always think of this one morning before work, writing those two characters was really the, the beginning of what has become Time and Tide in Sarajevo. Oh, what a lovely beginning point. And so nice to have it written down and earmarked, I guess, as the start. That's wonderful. Yeah. I still I actually found that somewhere in my notebooks. I went through a while ago. I'm looking at and the original scene that I wrote is still more or less in the book, which I just found oh, really wow, fascinating. That's great. Because it's many years later. Obviously, it's been through so many edits and shifts and extensive rewrite, but somehow that sort of like initial burst of an idea carried through. Has carried right through. And so you've gotten distracted along the way, but you've always been true. Your initial plan then, really. That's wonderful. I think so. And also, I think a lot of writing is just figuring out how to tell a story, endless ways to tell any story. And and so it's really interesting to how a writer chooses to tell a story because you can yes. not just first and third person, but also like what perspective is the book coming from? Yeah. Are, you, are you a person way in the future looking back on something? Are you right in the moment? Like this kind of thing. And I think a lot of me writing this book was me learning how to write a novel because it's my first. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think so you were writing before.
beforehand. Yeah, but but for myself, like not. Yeah. I, I'd had I did have a mentorship through Byron Writers Festival when I was living yes, in Byron. Yes, I saw that and in your afterward today. Yeah, and that was huge for me. Like that, yeah. and that was before I started writing fiction. Yes, and I think I always encourage people to apply to things, even if you don't get in. It's also this thing of it gets you to put your idea on paper, and often you know an idea can be kind of circling around. And I would also say having been on the other side of assessing applications at different times is what you're looking for is a spark of an idea usually so it's not always about polish it's about like energy I always think that not to be discouraged if you don't get in because often things are very competitive but that was such a big boost of encouragement for me and suddenly I was on this retreat with a residential mentorship for a week with three other writers in sort of probably a little bit more advanced than I was at the time but getting feedback and you know being in the world of writing being in that zone as well and asking your brain to do it I guess yeah yeah I always think it's important like I always try to apply for every prize that I see I used to do it at the shop with like the small business awards and things but not so much because I wanted to win it just it's a good practice to be in to be knowing what you want to present what you want all of your goals I don't know it's just you get so much more out of the application than the actual prize when you do win it it's more the process and putting yourself I think so and I think you're sort of like especially as a writer you're sort of committing and I imagine as a shop owner too like you're committing to yourself you're saying I yeah, yeah I, I back myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been big for me that that was a big thing. And I was also in a program called Hard Copy, which was run by the ACT Writer Centre in late 2018. I did that. And that I'd had a manuscript. It was just this really like crucial moment where I was kind of, you're also, I think, wondering how much more do I invest in this? It must you be know, so is there something to gauge. Yeah, it's, yeah. because it's a, it's a years kind of thing. It's not yeah. like, you know, to decide. And that was really, again, actually a similar experience to the residential mentor where I was founded by people in a similar boat to me. So as well as all the sort of mentorship and industry advice and industry connections you got, you met other writers. And yeah. I think that sort of community can really lift you up. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that's everything, seeing that you're not the only one feeling this way, seeing that how other people are doing it, what they're struggling with. It's so much. Yeah, I think Communities so. are so important. You went over there to teach English, I think. Is that right? Yeah, so I, I taught English and the protagonist of my book Evelyn yes. is also an English teacher yeah Yay. so I used that experience as, I wanted to like really ground it in my own experience of, of, of what I'd sort of yeah. seen there but I also found that by having someone this protagonist that's similar to me but in sort of age and background but yet I feel that she reacts to the world very differently to me it meant that I kind of had quite a lot of fun but also a lot of surprises while I was writing kind of I think most of the characters in the book to be honest they just showed up fully formed on the page like they were just there which was this sort of really amazing like they feel kind of like real people to me it is magical but with her I had to kind of get to know her through how she was in the world if that makes sense and so a few people who know me well have found reading the book I think quite strange because she's similar enough to me they're like oh right it's a version of Bronwyn but then she does things that I wouldn't do (laughs) but I've like I see her as this very separate and distinct creature to me like I feel kind of sad I'm not spending time with her 
anymore because I find her really kind of funny in some ways and she was lovely to hang out with yeah definitely and I can imagine that you've spent years with her it must be sad to say goodbye I think so I think it it has been a bit but then of course in my next novel and that also it has a protagonist who's very different from me like there's not this thing where I've tried to have a sort of similar thing and it's the same process of getting to know a character like it's it is I mean I'm a big believer in generative writing which is where you have like a, a timer and then you write to a prompt I tend to find that by doing that sort of generative writing that I really have these surprises which is what I like in the writing process this kind of feeling of I have an idea of where it's going but it ends yes. up going somewhere else wow yeah that must be so surreal I know as a reader when you know the characters but then they do something and you're like oh hang on a second yeah that would have happened I just hadn't thought about it like that's where I like reading <laughs> I yeah me too it's kind of similar yeah that you can see them having done it but not until they actually have I think it's that thing where it's like as a, I mean this is speaking to me as a reader you don't want things to happen that are sort of like unbelievable you know that sort of go outside yeah but I love that tension I agree with you where they do something unexpected and then you go well of course they did that yeah you know, like <laughs> it's a really fun and yeah sort of... so what are you working on now so I got some really great advice when I was process of this book being published I did have quite a bit of time in between edit Mm -hmm. and someone gave me the advice to start working on something new basically then you're also not too fixated on this one especially with your first book like the the one project so I actually started working on this probably a year and a half ago now and I'm pretty far into it still in it's still a bit messy (laughs) like the plot and structure but it's fun I'm still in the fun sort of discovery phase because obviously I haven't been working all that time because I was working on on this book basically it's about three generations of women in Sydney and it's these two families and they're sort of connected through friendship so it's set over three different time periods and it's really been so enjoyable because I grew up in Sydney so it's like back in my home city but also to be in this world of women which I really enjoy like the long friendships these long arcs and at the moment I'm sort of working on the the youngest generation and they are really unexpected people to me like the the things that are happening and so I'm, I'm really in that that sort of strange and wonderful creative process where there's stuff I wrote a year ago that I'm like oh that makes sense to me now it's this phase so probably pretty soon I will be getting to the point where I then will do like a a more serious edit of it and that's where it's like okay now how does this actually all fit together (laughs) but for now it's just kind of enjoyable I think it would be really hard laying everything out and working out what themes you want to bring to the forefront and what character traits you want it just it must just be so magical yeah and I think when I was writing Time and Tide in Sarajevo, like I wasn't thinking about theme or message or any of these mm-hmm. things. I was just following the characters. And I think that was really quite important because now that it's like obviously edited, published, out in the world, living its own life, yeah, people ask me questions about it kind of more thematically and I can look at it like that. But for me, I think it's important not to do that too soon because you're kind of bringing in that analytical brain yeah. too early. Yeah, I think a lot of people like Australian readers have said to me that got this sort of really, they feel like they're now very connected to Sarajevo and they're yes, very connected. Yes, that's actually one of my Oh, yeah. yeah. They're and not people we that I would have ever that. thought to connect with, but I feel it's fantastic. They're funny. They're gregarious. They really look after her. They bring her in, welcome her in. Then I, I don't know what else. Yeah, but I think had I set out to write saying I want people to feel this way about Sarajevo, then I'm saying for me as a writer, Mm. I don't think it would have been as naturally that. For me, just kind of focusing on the story and the authenticity of the characters, then all of that stuff comes kind of later. 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm in process? I guess is what I'm trying to say about the book I'm working on now. Don't think too much about the why, the big picture of this. Like just stay with them, stay with the story. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully at the end, there's deeper resonance in it as well. Oh, I'm sure there will be. Can't wait to read it. So how long before that one's published? That would be too far away. I need to. Yeah. And it, it's almost like a magic trick writing fiction. Yeah. Like you want to see, see if it works. It sounds it, so different that. from Time and Tide as well. I think so. I, the similarity probably that's there is this big theme around friendship. I think that's probably the theme, like this idea that in Time and Tide and Sarajevo, there is these kind of like romantic arcs and things, but that's not the, the forefront of the book. The love story no. is really the collective, like the group yeah. of people. If, you know, if you were going to date, have a love story. And I think that's kind of similar in this book. But that's the, as I said, that's the stuff that I guess you, it's like, about you kind later. Of, yeah, do it all. Yeah. <laughs> but it must be so difficult. You said like, when do you know to stop? When do you know to, there's no formula for it, I guess. You just have to, I really think it does sound magical to be able to write like that. Yeah. And I think like, you know, there's the whole like Plotto versus Panzer type thing. And even though I'm clearly very much a Panzer by the description of my process, at the same time, mm. I do have a general sense of where it's going even with Time and Tide, which is a bit of a wild ride of a book, I had a general sense of the, not the nitty gritty details, but it wasn't like riding into, into darkness. You know, like It reads almost like a thriller, really. Definite plot points all the way through. So I guess yeah. that just comes later then? I think so. I think I kind of had a lot of things surprised me as I wrote it, but it's also because the book is set over such a short period of time. So there was an element where I knew, even if I was like, I'm not quite sure how this figures out, but I had a sense of the days, you mm. know, like a sense of. Oh, so it always um, was going to happen that quickly because it is only a couple of days. Yes, three and a half days. The yeah. original version was one day. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Which was. Um, That's fast. But I think I had more things in flashback and it was just slightly different structurally, but it certainly works well, in my opinion, in, in the way it is now. Three and a half days. But there's an awful lot happening in those three and a half days. It is yeah. very fast paced. Yeah. The next one sounds completely different. Three generations. That's sounds like a yeah real... it's a much longer book that's for sure I mean longer in terms of time span yeah but I think and probably I guess less thrillerish in some ways but I really love like no matter what genre I'm reading in I just love that feeling and it could happen in a very quiet book but the feeling where I just I want to keep coming back to it yes. that feeling of you know you, you have to go somewhere and you're annoyed because yes. you'd rather be with yes. the book it doesn't have to be thrillerish for that to happen but no you kind of aim for that I mean I aim that sort of you want people to be connected so really I, I guess maybe that's the maybe of this different time span is making sure it's still compelling. Oh, I bet it still will be compelling. Absolutely. There is an awful lot happening as well with these characters in Time and Tide. And there's a lot of reflection as well. What really screamed out to me was that they really, this is such a short time since the war. They really mm-hmm. have all like the post-traumatic stress. It was harrowing to read that people of my generation and people just like me, I mean, it's horrific that they would have gone through so much in their lives it was just so well done thank you did you get a real sense of that when you were there so I think when I lived there so I was 24 to 29 that's how old I was when I lived there and I think just by either because of my age or necessity I just didn't really analyze the city that much while I lived there like I was I had a very sort of a wonderful group of friends I was kind of very involved in the city and in my sort of life there and I think in some ways I must have just like 
like absorbed it all. So rather than, as I said, maybe by necessity, maybe, but mm. I certainly never felt like I was there and I'd be kind of looking at the city. I felt like I was in the city. And that's why I think like it's only when I came back to Australia, then I started probably realizing and processing and contextualizing everything I'd mm. seen, which that sounds slightly unbelievable as I'm saying it. But I think it's that thing like what we've experienced in these recent years where you kind of adjust to anything. Right? Mm. <laughs> and I kind of was, this was the city I lived in. I knew it's very recent history, but it may be also just in my personality. I'm sort of not someone who's going to be like asking everyone about it. And and people obviously, some people really wanted to talk about it. Some people felt, I think that they, they really valued having someone like a lot of my students would tell me these, their stories and things. But I think I kind of felt like when I lived there, it wasn't my place to sort of, like, I wasn't reading a lot of the history. I wasn't mm. watching a lot of news of what had happened because also I was hearing it as well, right? So I was hearing yes. stories. And you're also busy same. living your life as well. And busy living my yeah. life. Yeah. I was very busy as a teacher. I taught a lot of teachers and adults, but also young children as well. So I probably taught people from the age of six and up to, you know, people who are professors at the university. And wow. so this huge range of people. And I think I'm a naturally like curious person. I think most writers are. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just, I think I was just filing everything away. <laughs> it was just, and then interestingly, my friend who also lived in Sarajevo, who's also Australian, when she read the book, like before it was published, I gave her sort of an early version to read. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, like, how did you remember all that stuff? Like, did you keep a diary or anything like that? And I had obviously kept journals, but I think my memories of being there were extremely vivid in yes. my mind. And if anything in the book, what I was actually being really more aware of especially once I was editing was like how was I presenting the city in the sense of some you could really focus on all the war damage for example in every scene and so yes. of course as you know having read it I chose to do was just mention it from time to time yeah. like, I wanted it to feel almost like an echo in yes. the background because that's how it felt to live there yeah you know it wasn't like I would walk down the street and be see like Mark's shrapnel and be shocked I would be like I'm running late to class like, <laughs> that was the reality of my daily life and yet at the same time in the book it's also important to acknowledge what people have experienced so I tried to to keep it as close to what I'd seen Mm. so not to over dramatize it and also there's a few things in there where I think the reader might understand something and Evelyn the protagonist doesn't Mm. like there's a Mm. few things like that where because it's not in first person it's in third person where I also tried to give the reader a sense kind of beyond Evelyn's perspective. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. That's a very long answer. <laughs> but a great answer. That's so insightful. Yeah. There's a scene relatively early on where something happens with Aida, who's Evelyn's flatmate. And I think most readers would be able to see what's happening. Yes. That's the part that and I was thinking Yeah, of. I was thinking, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Evelyn thinks to herself, I wonder what's going on with Aida. <laughs> you know, I tried to, not too much, but just like enough that Evelyn's still a young person. Yes. You know, she's still in some way she's not immature but she's still finding she herself she's young though yes. yeah and most of this book I wrote in my late 30s I didn't want to write it like with that perspective yeah yeah I think for me what came through most was yes definitely the female friendships absolutely and that was wonderful but also just the food and the drink and the the 
surprising and the welcoming because yeah. it, it is a thriller of a novel, no spoilers, but it was also just so lovely. Yeah, I really hope that the sort of warmth and generosity yes. of the citizens that or the people that I knew there comes through because that's such a good feature of Sarajevo as a place. And also the friendships, like how important community is and also how long like people I knew were, I mean, different to the, the current book writing where their parents were friends with each other or even in some cases their parents were related like this kind of right. these, because it's a smaller city yes. a lot of people are connected you don't even realize are connected and yeah things like that. yeah that was really good and also just how beautiful the city is as well yeah it is a picture postcard yeah. city like it, it's built in a valley just visually it's an incredibly beautiful mountainous kind of area you yeah. know they famously had the winter olympics there yeah in the 80s so you're not far from quite spectacular mountains and forests yeah. and i always have this sense i think a friend of mine there said like in summer the valley's covered in green like it's very lush the, the trees and then in winter it's covered in snow so it's it's very they sort of very picturesque yeah and then there's all the times in between <laughs> Well, I think that's what drew me to it. It's a lovely cover. Do you just love it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very Mika Tabata, who's the, the cover designer. I think she did a really good job. And particularly, yeah, I agree that that very Sarajevo kind of classic look. And quite a few people I know from the city who have lived in the city have messaged me saying, oh, my, my apartment had that view. <laughs> you know? Oh, what have your friends thought of it? Are they very impressed? Yeah. Some of my closer friends there, they read it while I was still editing and I was quite nervous nervous about what people would think about it but I've been quite overwhelmed to be honest by the the positive reception from the Bosnian Australian community and also people I don't know in Sarajevo who have read it yeah I've had quite a few messages and emails and it really means a lot to me yes because it it felt like a quite a big risk for me to write about this place and also because it's this very as not complicated but it's it's an involved plot like there's a lot of moving parts there's so much going on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it holds people, but I just Oh, absolutely. Edgy your terms of, holds. Yeah. Yeah. I truly just in, read another page before I have to go. Oh, ultimate compliment. But <laughs> I guess that because I have so much going on in it and also the risk that I got a part wrong. <laughs> also yeah. felt, but no, I haven't had any of those types of messages. Mostly people have told me, to be honest, stories of people they know that remind them of characters in the book. And none of the characters are based on any one person, like mostly they're from my imagination or they're like a combination of 15 or 20 people into yes. one like if someone's like oh that is exactly my aunt or you know this <laughs> this kind of thing which is really yeah really lovely oh that's so sweet done a big tour like you came down to Sydney a yeah, few times I did already. I've spoken to yeah lots of book clubs I've really enjoyed that and I mean obviously there's I've done as you know some in person but quite a few via Zoom and it's so interesting how different readers react to books and mostly positive and of course, because in, when you're reading a book, you're it's, there's two people in that relationship. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've only just started recently thinking about this, but you're so right. Like the yeah. reader makes up half the story because you're coming with all of your everything, all of your background, all of your prejudices, all your preconceived ideas. Exactly. Like, and it's, yeah, it's funny that we nobody reads the same book. And I found that it's actually fun. It's really mm. fun because if someone was to say it wasn't for me, by this point, I'm okay with that. Like that's, yeah. there are some books that aren't for me. Right. I'm so what I'm trying to say is so when I with a book club, especially a Zoom, for no idea what people yeah, are going to say. And of course, people are polite. It's not like oh, yeah. I'm not people have asked questions, just would never have thought of. And then usually then it actually leads to some really interesting discussion. And that A, it's such an honor to be read. 
right, as a writer. Like you just feels incredible. But B, to have people really deeply engage with the book. Yeah. I'm sort I think of, that must be the, just the most surreal feeling. Oh, yeah. I think a common thing people have said is that the characters also feel real for them. Yeah. So <laughs> it's quite amazing to have these conversations where we discuss possibilities of what might happen after the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I think I know that as a writer. I know that in our one. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of like it's up to you. Like yeah. that's, that's always my, my answer. But I love hearing people's theories. Oh, that's unreal. Okay, well, I think we are just about to run out. So thank you so much. It's amazing. Thank you. Nice to oh, see I you again as well. It. Oh, it was lovely to see you. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.